is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Nick's up 28-24 on the Cavs after one four-and-a-half-point favorites now on the road. Live total, 210-and-a-half there. And then uh, we got a 10-3 lead for Central Michigan over NIU in a snowy field out there. First snow game of the year. It looks great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not a whole lot of scoring going on in this one. Nope. Buffalo, Toledo, uh, the complete opposite. Buffalo down fourteen to seven, and there's uh, still ten minutes to go in the first quarter. So a lot of scoring <laughs> in that one. I bet the under. Not a great move. Well, you know, there's still time. Even in the snow. It's very, very early. A World You're Series right. first pitch in a couple of minutes here too. So we'll have a uh, keep an eye on that as things go on. We bring on Dan Favali and covers the NBA for a uh, Bleacher Report, Hardwood Knox as well. Uh, you know, it's. I feel like we've sat here, Dan, and we've waited and we've waited and we've waited, and finally we get this almost like anticlimactic overnight trade and announcement from you know Woj and everything, and we're finally James Harden goes off to the Clippers, and let's just look big picture right now at where both of the teams are and the Sixers and the Clippers. This, to me, in my mind, and I want to see what you feel about this. I feel like the Clippers, it's based more on, or the Sixers, it's based more on the off season with the cap space and the draft picks and moving forward, and then for the Clippers, this is like we're. All all in for this season, and if not, everybody's kind of a free agent, and we got to start this thing over from scratch. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on with that. Um, with the Clippers specifically, um, there's a chance maybe now they could extend PG or Kawhi, and if you give up this much draft equity when you have so little to begin with, I think that you can kind of bet that a majority of these three guys will be back next year. But just depending on how the rest of the season goes, how the playoff shake out, they're heading for an incredibly interesting offseason even if you think that they they have to keep these guys with the the new arena opening and um just with the sixers i would agree with you i think a lot of people assume they're just going to turn around try and move those assets immediately um if another star becomes available that that makes sense as a fit i know zach levine pascal siakam get thrown around out there but i think they could try to be wait for you know someone bigger maybe a more marquee name and they'll have a little bit more assets available to them this summer as you mentioned with their cap space and also their their own 2024 draft pick and so this feels very much like not a gap year for them but it does feel like they have both eyes directed towards this offseason how should we view russell westbrook's role now because he was starting had 19 points actually against the spurs he's one of the most efficient players in the league so far this year kind of a great start for him but we know he and harden don't play well in the sandbox together when one has the ball the other one's just kind of floating around doing nothing yeah look it's a huge question I think Russ has done a really good job this year of trying to fit into the larger context um, about half his shots have come off assist this year which is just something we've we've never seen he's slashing a little bit more and so there is that aspect of his role that can remain at the same time now you're eating into his touches even more with the addition of James Harden who despite kind of adjusting a little bit off of Joel Embiid last year as as more of a spot-up shooter at times this is one of the most ball-dominant players in in NBA history and so I think the Clippers honestly make this move without regard for Russ He's, he's just making so little and he's not on Harden's level at the moment that if things don't work out you move Russell Westbrook to the bench you take him out of perspective 
closing units. Maybe you even look at moving on from him entirely, but it's something that, at least in the first initial few weeks when they're trying to figure out what they have in everybody, that's something you have to look at incredibly closely because it's arguably a harder fit than putting Harden next to PG and or Kawhi. How do you think the Clippers match up with some of these younger teams? You know, because obviously, like, you look at the contending teams and the Lakers made some big moves and they're going to be contenders. They made it to the Western Conference Finals last year and then the Suns made a bunch of moves. We haven't seen them fully healthy yet this year, but how do they match up against teams like OKC and, uh, you know, some of the younger teams like the Pelicans if they're fully healthy? I would honestly say not well. This is a team that we've seen them play a little bit more pace on offense at times this year, but they weren't very athletic uh, young or fast to begin with. And with this trade, um, just by virtue of losing K.J. Martin and then you're bringing in Harden, who's never, ever played that fast, you get less athletic, um, You're and, and you're not going to be able to necessarily play as fast. And so this does honestly feel like a team where, yeah, if everything goes right, could they win the title? For sure. But it also feels like a team that has to have another trade or something in its books. And they do have a first-round pick. They can still move. But when you look at the roster, it really feels like they could use – a different type of five or maybe another wing or maybe even a different type of um, smaller guard to defend at the point of attack. When we look at Joel Embiid specifically now, I mean, there, there's certainly other guys like Tyrese Maxey's the first guy that I think of that can certainly get you know, even more opportunities, more shots, higher usage rate, you know, all those things. But, you know, it's still Joel Embiid as the star. You don't have that second kind of star or star, depending on what you consider James Harden in Philadelphia at that point. Not even from like a, a how he's feeling perspective, because you can't read his mind. I, I, I get that. But just on the court, does this kind of feel like there's going to be maybe more minutes for him? It's going to be even more shots. It's going to be maybe just kind of one of those things where they're going heavy in an Embiid offensively night in and night out. And could there be some a little bit of a wear down factor for him? He does have certainly an injury history. Yeah, look, I think this trade, the timing behind it, it felt like a vote of confidence in Tyrese Maxey more than anything else. But at the same time, to your point about Embiid's injury history, he's coming off consecutive seasons in which in which he logged more than 2,200 minutes. That's never happened before for him. He's gonna, he's just more important because you don't have James Harden coming back at any point this year. And so I do think that's a real concern. It also wouldn't surprise me, though, knowing that the Sixers are probably playing a little bit longer game here unless a surprise name becomes available between now and February. If you see them, maybe not monitor his minutes too closely, but is this something where he's going to miss some time throughout the year because they know that they're trying to cater to next season and, and the season after that rather than this year where their championship odds right now are pretty infinitesimal when you look at how they stack up with, with the top of the East when you don't have that James Harden element. What are you seeing from the Sixers? Because I wasn't exactly high on their offseason moves, but, man, Nick Nurse has Tobias Harris playing really well. Kelly Oubre, even though he averaged 20 points a game for Charlotte, it feels like he's playing in a lot more control, very consistent. I actually really like the Sixers team. Yeah, they've been um, they've been surprising. And I think the biggest thing that I've been noticing, yeah, some of the supporting cast has been a lot better than I expected. The defense they've gotten from Jaden Springer during his minutes, um, DeAnthe Melton is – just defending like gangbusters once again. Uh, the biggest thing, as I mentioned before, is just Tyrese Maxey, where it's, you know, his shooting splits are clearly unsustainable, but the types of shots he's taking, this is someone who has more directionality now with the ball in his hands, and it looks like he's really made the stride as a passer. And so when you look at what him and Joel Embiid can do together, and then what he's able to do independent of Joel Embiid, lead some of these faster units where you see him with Kelly Oubre and De'Anthony Melton and Paul Reed, and now you might get to add 
K.J. Martin into some of that fold. Um, I think it's given their offense some variance that it has not had in quite some time. And if, if this is a leap that Tyrese Maxey is making, you know, I still wouldn't claim the Sixers are, you know, likely um, championship contenders, but they certainly would be capable of nabbing a top four, maybe even top three season in the East. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask you because, I mean, it's obviously early. We're three games in, but Boston and Milwaukee, and then you got, you know, younger teams, Indianapolis, maybe Orlando. Who else can compete in the East other than Boston and Milwaukee, or is it just those two teams? Uh, you know, the third team I'm looking at, it's just so early, so maybe another team comes out of the woodwork, um, but this team is not even at full strength just yet. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I really think that when they have everybody available and just based off some of the, the flickers and flashes we've seen offensively from Evan Mobley to start, and even that, you know, most of that game, I think it was against the Pacers where he had 30-plus points, um, the offensive armory is really coming together. And so if you're able to kind of run him in different lines where he is the primary big without Jared Allen and it doesn't kill your rebounding and you can stagger him from some of the, the other guards to help um, sort of juice up your offense. And the other thing that team is doing is they're playing a lot faster. They're getting out in transition more this year. And so that was some of their biggest issues is what could they get from Evan Mobley on offense? Could they play with a different type of pace? And then Max Struess comes in and really helps improve their their spacing and shooting. And so when all said and done, it would not shock me if we're kind of looking back and the Cavs have the second or even the best regular season record in the East and maybe even emerge mm. as a more complete contender than a team like Milwaukee where they have their big defensive questions right now. Talking to Dan Favali, BetMGM tonight. What about a team in the East that you see having a serious step back this year? Any regression? Um. I don't know if it'll count as serious regression, but uh, Toronto, I have really no idea what's going on right there. The offense looks looks awful, um, especially in the half court. They lost shooting, didn't really replace it. Um, and I think we've seen big struggles there, especially with the pecking order. They really want to feature Scotty Barnes. It's come at the expense of Pascal Siakam. We mentioned all the Clippers free agents. The Raptors have a ton of guys entering free agency with OG Ananobi, GTJ, and Siakam himself. That feels like a team along with the Bulls that can maybe blow it up mid-year. And then there's just, in terms of regression, what does the Heat look like after the offseason they have? They have not had a great start. And so as, as they get healthier, as we get into the middle of the year, is this a team that really can flip a switch um, and be the team that you know has made these um, conference finals and, and finals runs? Or, or are they a team that really needs to seek out a bigger type trade? One of the teams that's been absolutely awful, Dan, has been the Memphis Grizzlies. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with injuries. How do they get better? Because this roster might be one of the worst in the NBA. I think at this point, without having Steven Adams, who was such a good screener for them and someone who could crash the offensive glass, you're just really trying to bide your time until John Morant gets back because you've put so much offensively now on the shoulders of Desmond Bain and Jared Jackson Jr. You find yourself more reliant on Marcus Smart as a shot maker, who's actually shot the ball pretty well to start the year and you're trying to find just contributions from guys like oh can we get this from Xavier Tillman can Zaire Williams kind of make a turn this year BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski Lion stuff is just oh my god I just want to vomit Aaron Hawksworth that's all I have to say to that and Ed Egros we will do the work for you on the BetQL Network. Baseball is winning on the BetQL Network with Bet for the Cycle featuring Cody Decker 
Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio, and handicapper Rob Brown. Couldn't hit a baseball off a high school pitcher. That's why I played soccer. Double plays, props, and parlays. Not only Blue Jays' run line here, Cody, I might tease it up to an alternate run line of minus two and a half. Join. They're going to be worse. I don't want to make that clear, but they will maybe be able to play Davey and Mitchell a little bit more, and so could they be a little bit more aggressive on defense than they normally are with the Aaron Fox. And so this is a team where their half-court off- offense maybe suffers a little bit because of the Aaron Fox's from-scratch shot-making and, and his passing, but as long as the bonus is going to stay healthy, they have enough shooting around him that they can really still just run out, even off misses or makes, and, and they can catch defenses off guard. Dan, we've had a lot of stars already sitting out of games, uh, especially with the Suns. We haven't even seen Bradley Beal in a regular season in a Suns uniform yet. Think those rules have changed anything in terms of the approach by teams? I think it's changed the fact that they're probably just going to be more open to the league about what they're planning to do. And that's kind of what my interpretation was of um, that, that resting policy, is that the league wants to know what's going on before it happens. We've already seen that the Sixers aren't going to be penalized for how they handled the James Harden situation mm-hmm. before he was dealt. And so I am very much pro players playing. I don't think that this policy is going to do anything to meaningfully move that needle this year, but I guess we'll see. I think what will be even more telltale is if things like this start to happen when we're talking about those in-season tournament games that are scheduled. I'm curious uh, your thoughts on the Orlando Magic. We all love them. Uh, Jamal Mosley feels like he's a dark horse for Coach of the Year. Uh, they've been awesome. Uh, what are you seeing from them? I I think that they've gotten a lot of um, good strides from some of their younger guys. Franz Wagner looks great once again. I think Cole Anthony's been really good for them as well. Um, the way that they're able to defend, and I think this flew under the radar last year, that they had like a top six defense for most of the season when you broke down their record, and someone like Jalen Suggs made a massive stride, and it was kind of lost in some of his offensive splits. He's just utter anarchy on the court. Sometimes it can be bad. We saw the good and the bad against the Lakers uh, the other night, but they're a team that I think is starting to figure out their identity to be this consistent defensive force, and uh, I think the bigger question here moving forward is going to be, what does the half-court offense look like um, long-term? And Paolo Bencaro has not even gotten going yet, um, and this is still a team that looks like it could contend for a playoff spot in the East. And so if he's going to, as we all assume, just kind of settle into maybe where he was last year, perhaps a little bit better on the offensive end to make more of his shots, that just becomes a team where I thought they would be in play-in territory, but they would be them and the Pacers. You kind of look at what they've done early, and it's like, oof, wouldn't be too surprising if they were able to steal a top-six spot. All right, Dan, got about 45 seconds or so here. What are your thoughts on uh, what we've seen from Wemby so far? I Every time I watch him, I just come away absolutely floored. There's just mm-hmm. nothing it feels like he literally can't do, and he just isn't even polished on the offensive end yet. So once he has sort of his self-creation down, um, it just might be, be curtains. This is a generational-type talent in so many different ways. It really is incredible just watching somebody that's built the way that he is move the way that he is. He really does look like, well, an alien, the extraterrestrial. He's just like Slender Man right now. Uh, He just walked into the arena. (laughs) Oh, that was, yeah, if you haven't seen the video yet, Dan, yeah, he's walking into the arena dressed like Slender Man. My bet is blocks, actually, for the first time. He fits it, and it's it's actually kind of creepy looking. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Dan Favali, Bleacher Report. Great to talk to you again, man. No problem. Thank you guys for having me. Take care. Yeah, Ooh. that that video of Wemby is uh, that's scary. Yeah, it's 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 Maybe kind of alarming. I just found his oh, blocks. Sorry. Remember when they were priced two and a half juice? Now yeah. two and a half plus two hundred. This might be the night. Oh, it's been one every night. Maybe yeah. just maybe. Halloween. You gonna dabble in it? No, no. Maybe, maybe. Right now the Knicks looking good. That's a good thing. Younger. Got about one point of value. Yeah. Mr. Robinson.
rankings next. Bet MGM tonight. Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch up on their bets. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. Live from BetQL. First thing I did when I when I woke up.
was look at my phone, see what time it is, and immediately go to NHL goals and to check my score app to see what the final score of the game was. And I saw that the Avalanche had come back to win the game 4-1, which meant I had won my parlay, put my phone down, and tried to go back to sleep. So we're officially in, like, that part of the calendar here. If you're on the East Coast especially, where, hey, like, you're betting West Coast games, you might not be able to stay up, and then you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason. You just wake up, you gotta, maybe there's a noise, you got to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. You got to wait till the morning to find out if you won your bet? Of course not. You're picking up the phone and you're checking. So I had yet another one of those last night, and the NBA starts next week. So, I mean, we are big time here now, Ken, in this season. In, like, middle of the night, check my phone to see if I won my bet season, and I absolutely love it. Jenks, if you could have one brand uh, sponsor you, what do you think that... Firing for the end zone and a one-handed attempt. Oh my goodness! A.J. Brown with an amazing touchdown! Let the conversation continue with Ryan, Trista, and Nick and BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. Chris Myers with the call on Fox. A.J. Brown, that one-handed reception against the Commanders was just... I, not enough credit goes to A.J. Brown in terms of at least putting him in the conversation of best receiver in the NFL. He's really freaking good. Now that he's been healthy, this is the first season in a long time he's been healthy completely yeah. for the whole year. So, well, now you've mushed it. Well, now he's getting. No, hurt. no, 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 no! Don't say that. Don't you dare say that. No, to. she doesn't mush injuries. <laughs> no, I don't mean In fact, she doesn't mush a whole lot. She's I don't in know. Like one seventy-five to one. We, we've been talking about how it's gotten a little stronger recently. I'm, I'm starting to think that the powers are seeping into other things now too, like injuries. He was just nuts. He's had how many consecutive 100-yard games? He just feels unguardable. He probably should have had. Three touchdowns? Yeah. Because that other one was a P.I.? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a nightmare matchup. How do you defend him, though? Like, you can't play press co coverage against him because he's an outside linebacker, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> so he has true. speed. He's had um, 130 receiving yards, so that is... He's the first wide receiver in NFL history to have 125 or more in six straight games. Yep. He had eight receptions for 130 yards, two touchdowns. You brought up that one-handed catch that he had on the back shoulder. Mm -hmm. I mean, he is he's really good right now, guys, and there's really no way that you could stop the Eagles right now because even if you stop the brotherly shove, you know, now we got trick plays. Now we're running some counters. We're running the ball to the outside. Swift looks so damn good. Um, now, Detroit had it right, though, because you end up with David Montgomery, who you will get back, and yeah. Gibbs, we saw it last night. Now that he has the full workload, he looks like the real deal. He already looks mm -hmm. like a top three back in this league, but man, I just I love what we're seeing from Swift. There's really no way that you could defend the Eagles, because if you stack the box, they're going to hit you with play action, and A.J. Brown, they have Devontae Smith, and they have guys that could uh, take the top off the defense, and then Dallas Goddard, obviously, working underneath, too, so they're scary right now, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the targets, too, that A.J. Brown's had. It was only eight against Washington, but 15 against Miami, 13 against Washington the last time, 14 against Tampa. I mean, it's not only, only that he's producing. Targets? He only had eight targets against he had Washington. Eight receptions. Yeah. 
He was eight he, for eight. Wow. I mean, that's yeah. And like, there's so much conversation about Justin Jefferson or maybe a Jamar Chase or before he got hurt, Cooper Cup. Really, I mean, really, we could argue it was a couple of years ago for Cooper Cup, but we did see flashes of it once he got back from injury this year. Yeah. Where there's not enough. I, honestly. I would go Justin Jefferson, A.J. Brown. That's it. Top two receivers in the NFL I right agree there. With Jamar that. Chase, too. Jamar Chase. But would you take Jamar Chase over A.J. Brown? I'm going, I, that's, my, that's my one, two. I would go because of the size and mm. speed combination and just the great hands. I know Jamar Chase obviously has those two. They're so good, I give all the, of them. I give the slight edge to A.J. Brown, like, but if you told me that you thought Jamar Chase was the second best and oh, yeah. A.J. Brown was the third, I'd be like, yeah, I could probably live with that, but yeah. I and then Tyree Kill in there as I well. Mean, like, well, that's and I know Devontae doesn't have a quarterback right now, but like, where is well, he yeah, at? Yeah, Terry McLaurin, like, give him a real quarterback. Where is he at? Yeah, there's so, so many we've been guys saying that for years. I wish they would get one. There's so many guys, and like my quarterback, my team's thrown to like Wicks and Dobbs and Watson and like guys <laughs> like Deguara. Like, it's it's unfortunate. I but. think. I I do think though the Packers have a couple of good young receivers that are like twos and threes. You just don't have a one. I mean, even Jordan Addison, guys. Yeah, I mean. I remember watching that great. game last year, and Jerry Rice was in attendance because his kid was playing, and he was watching Jordan Addison, and he's like, ooh, the boy's got moves. <laughs> and he's not the biggest dude. He doesn't run the fastest 40, slight. as you hear mm-hmm. in the intro, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. But, man, he's so damn good. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, th- that position, it gets better every year, though. Like, remember Jamar Chase when he came into the league, and everybody's yeah. like, what are they doing with the top five pick? They should have taken Penny Sewell. Well, no. I mean, he was a playmaker, and they went to the Super Bowl year one. Um it's coming down over there in the. It's twenty four to three Central Michigan I got the over damn, NIU. I got the over and it's looking good, but now that's really coming down. I'm Those snowflakes are the size of baseballs right now. Yeah, yeah. I, we we don't need any of that here. Please no. Yeah, I, I'd prefer not. Of course, I did see the uh, the old DC weather this year. Expect blizzards and more snow. But I will say this: I can't tell you how many times I've heard that year after year. Yeah. Hey, it's going to be more snowy this year. The only snow I like is the informer. You know, I mean, I do <laughs> not need. Uh, they don't know how to handle it out here in the Midwest. Uh, we salt yeah. the roads. There's oh. snow trucks here. Nobody Somebody knows. Somebody like drive. you coming from Chicago or even like up in New York, they know how to handle a lot better too. DC can't handle snow. They don't know what's happening. No idea. No. It's it's you would. I'll never forget when I was a kid and we were my parents. We were I knew we were moving to Virginia and I came up and it was like the middle of winter. It was like you know, Christmas break or whatever it was. And we came up to look at schools and houses or something because we knew we were moving that summer. And we went to go look at, at like, one of the schools or whatever, and there was no snow on the ground. It was, like, a light dusting. And we were like, why is nobody here? Why is the parking lot empty? And we found out they closed school for that. It was, wow. like, a dusting. I was like, I can't wait to move here because I came from New Jersey as a kid where we had 10 feet of snow and, and like, you're like, still yep, going to school. Still going. Still going. We know how to handle it. Wow, that really is coming down there. It's in in this game. so uh, Large flakes. Beautiful place. snow game. Of course, wearing white jerseys in it is not always the best choice, but I don't know. Maybe it's an advantage. We'll see. Alright, let's get into our power rankings for this week. Ryan, we'll start with you. Where's your uh, Where's your top ten? Yeah, I'll start with the Eagles, actually. Like, everything that I was worried about, my concerns with the Eagles, uh, I'm not really concerned anymore. Like, on the defensive side of the ball, all their young dudes, like, for example, they had a third-round rookie, Sidney Brown. He's now their primary nickel corner, and he had five defensive stops in that game. He's looked really good. All the guys that they draft they hit on. Um, they continue to rip off the Tennessee Titans. They continue to make big moves. Howie's a genius. I love Nick Sirianni. I mean, I know he's not for everybody. Um, his post-game pressers, he's a little cocky. He's kind of a smartass. I like that. He's the perfect player's coach. He believes in his guys. Um, they go for it in their own territory. There's really no way to stop them. 
like you said, man, even with the bush tush, the brotherly shove, they ran that counter with Swift. That was the most beautiful play call of the season, even though I thought it was going to kill me. Luckily, Sam Howell did come drive down the field and we got the push. But Eagles are scary right now, and I have some concerns with the Niners, obviously, until we see a healthy Trent Williams. Brock Purdy not looking great right now. Dallas, I believe in Dallas because of the defense. So, like, literally no one's playing. Hey, you know who else is thinking about this stuff? Everyone else. I'm fantasizing about week one NFL Sunday. Check about weeknights here on the BetQL Network. I don't, I don't disagree with you there. Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes! Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. This is Ryan Horvath from BetMGM Tonight. Check out my new show, BetQL Tailgate Kickoff, on the BetQL Network every single Saturday this college football season from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern as we get you set for kickoff each and every Saturday morning to hopefully help you become better prepared for your college football wagering. I will also chat with guests from all across the country, hit on the day's biggest storylines and angles. So join me every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern, for the BetQL Tailgate Kickoff here on the BetQL Network with me, Ryan Horvath. Are you ready, sir? Start your engines. Let's go. Astros money line versus the Marlins. Johnny Cueto, no thank you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. How does this affect me personally? Which is absolutely bonkers to me. If you do the middle school math, is 117 yards per game that you gotta post each and every weekend. I knew it! I knew it! Who has the upper hand? Do we think it's gonna be the offenses or do we think it's going to be the defenses? How about Saturday's game? Let's just throw a random game out here. Like, I don't want to put faith in NC State. There's a chance we'll, we'll lose outright. Who knows? Jinx is definitely not paying attention right now. He's just vibing to the music. Are you ready for the most interactive sports gambling show? Introducing BetQL's Bet Send It In with PJ Glasser. We want to hear from you. Send It In is about your picks, your trends, and your fades. Share your thoughts, predictions, and your best daily best bets with the Send It In community. Set your reminders, mark your calendars, and get ready to send it in on weekday afternoons at 1 Eastern on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski. Lion stuff is just, oh my god, I just want to vomit. Aaron Hawksworth. That's all I have to say to that. And Ed Egros. We will do the work for you. 
on the BetQL Network. Baseball is winning on the BetQL Network with Bet for the Cycle featuring Cody Decker. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio, and handicapper Rob Brown. Couldn't hit a baseball off a high school pitcher. That's why I played soccer. Double plays, props, and parlays. Not only Blue Jays' run line here, Cody, I might tease it up to an alternate run line of minus two and a half. Join the chaos every Saturday from noon to four Eastern. Can you explain to me how these are the same odds? Can someone please explain to me how these are the same odds? That's going to be absolutely awesome. Remove the one seed, remove the two seed. Who are they supposed to lose to? You know what, Carver's going to dribble it out. You lost. It's over. What does he think? Is Kobe Bryant's? Like, what that's, was that? So I I don't think I've ever seen an endgame like that before. But that's literally like, I am watching this game and must bet money on it. 10? 15 and a half. <laughs> so like, literally no one's playing. Hey, you know who else is thinking about this stuff? Everyone else. I'm fantasizing about week one NFL Sunday. Check about weeknights here on the BetQL network. I don't I don't disagree with you there. Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Oh! Yes! Let's go, Kansas 80, That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. This is Ryan Horvath from BetMGM Tonight. Check out my new show, BetQL Tailgate Kickoff, on the Bet Network every single Saturday this college football season from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern as we get you set for kickoff each Saturday morning to hopefully help you become better prepared for your college football wagering. I will also chat with guests from all across the country today's biggest storylines and angles. So join me every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern for the BetQL Tailgate Kickoff here on the BetQL Network with me, Ryan Horvath. Are you ready, sir? Start your... Let's go. Astros money line versus the Marlins. Johnny Cueto, no thank you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's me personally. Which is absolutely bonkers to me. If you do the middle school math, 117 yards per game that you gotta post each... I knew it! I knew it! Who has the upper hand? Do we think it's gonna be the offenses? Do we think it's going to be the defenses? How about Saturday's game? Let's just throw a random game out here. Like, I don't want to put faith in NC State. We'll lose outright. Who knows? Jinx is definitely not paying attention right now. He's just vibing to the music. Are you ready for the interactive sports gambling show? Introducing... 
BetQL. Send it in with PJ Glasser. We want to hear from you. Send it in is about your picks, your and your fades. Share your thoughts, predictions, and your best bet. Look the way that it did last year, but they're winning games, and it's still an almost an unstoppable offense. And if the doesn't work, they got a fake touch push. You don't know which one's coming. They're going to use one or they're going to use the other. So finding ways to adapt, which is a great thing when it comes to coaching too. The Chiefs go to number two for me last week. I'm not going to hold too much against them with Patrick Mahomes being sick. I mean, the guy played horribly. There's going to be stinkers at times, even for really good teams. And quite frankly, if he's playing with the flu or whatever symptoms he had, and he had the he had the squirts of the runs and the, the pukes and the, I don't know, something. and he was not right. But I also wouldn't put Denver in it. Denver's not where they were before. We've actually gotten to be like at least a respectable football team. It's not saying much, but we can at least raise the floor, I think, at least a little bit on Denver. But the one thing we do know, guys, Travis Kelsey is absolutely not the same without. We'll get to the rest coming up after this. Also, it's been really MGM quick. Tonight. Oh, yeah. The winning trifecta is Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick. All three will be right back on Bet MGM tonight. Presented by Bet MGM. BetQL. Brand would be. What brand would sponsor me? I don't know, some sort of bourbon or something, probably. That's that's what I'd go with. I don't know. I'd have to think of bourbon. You know, just throw it out like. Oh, that's a good one too, Matt. I would even sponsored by McDonald's because I love the McRib and I'm passionate about the McRib, or maybe like Woodford or some sort of just solid bourbon. I don't know. I feel like that's right in my wheelhouse. A fast food sandwich from McDonald's or Blues. <laughs> I think that's perfectly in line. What about I'm not sure I was thinking about this because so much of like marketing and brand management is about awareness. I'm not sure if I have it. Like I feel like I am different in so many regards, like maybe like a healthy smoothie place. I don't know. Smoothie uh, King. I do I wear a lot of Lululemon, but like, I don't think I'm like cool enough to maybe them. But the reason I bring this up is because mm -hmm. it feels like we have the perfect in the NFL between Kirk Cousins, Coles. Has there ever been a better brand deal with somebody who is extremely self-aware that he dresses like a dad? Have he sure does. Sponsored by Coles. Like they look right up his alley. And I took my I, hat to him. <laughs> I actually have not seen these. This does not shock me at all. Actually, perfect. Perfect guy. Right. I will give Kirk Cousins credit. You know, and you, you mentioned it, which is at least he's self-aware enough to know. That's the worst. People just have no self-awareness at all. And they'll dress a certain way or they'll act a certain way. And they just don't see why what they're doing or what is ridiculous. But I think this is Jeff's kiss. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.
No, and I um, God, I was talking to a couple folks about this, and Drake May, even with the loss, Drake May looked better in that loss than Caleb looked in his loss. And I, the big thing for me when I'm watching these games, and 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 I, I'm looking for advancement, right? I'm, um, and I just I, I don't see him getting better. I see him doing a lot of the same things, and now that teams have a beat on it, they're him make mistakes and now that he's making mistakes there's frustration and you can see it that's the whole deal so when i look at him i think may has an opportunity to but i also think Penix, a guy who i said should be the front runner for the heisman Penix has an opportunity to push as well and so with caleb williams we also have to go to the nfl right and so look at what lincoln riley's done and he's had kyler murray I don't, i'm not giving him jalen hurts i am gonna i'm gonna leave jalen hurts at alabama I am. I'm going to leave him in Alabama simply because Oklahoma quarterbacks are squatting 700 pounds. That's Bama built. So I'm going to go with that. Mm -hmm. um, but Baker Mayfield also as a top pick. And both of those guys, one on the league, he's already been around the block in Baker. And then the other one, his own does not want him to play in Kyler Murray. So I think kind of the shines come off the apple with Lincoln. Murray and you watch him, how frustrated he's been getting the course of these games and not being able to get stuff done. I just don't, when I watch Caleb Williams play, a lot of it is out of phase. A lot of it is out of the structure of an offense. And to be in the, you've got to play within the offensive structure. Drake May plays within the structure of that offense. Do I love that offense? Not exactly. But he still plays within the structure of an offense. It's not all improv. And so that's the difference here. And yeah, there's going to be somebody, you know, whether it's like the Colts with Anthony Richardson that are going to take a gamble on someone that's willing to play, that, that makes their best plays without, outside of the structure of the offense. But I think Drake May is now becoming, Drake May and Michael Pence are becoming more, um, they're bubbling up from everyone I talk about from an NFL standpoint because they play within the structure and they find ways they know when guys are supposed to be open. They understand where the plays are made instead of everything else. They, they can use the Let the conversation continue. MGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. 58-52 on the Cavs at halftime. They're five and a half point favorites. Live total there, 214 and a half. So it's our still man. slightly under 15 and a half that our, it closed at there. Our man Spider, 20 points at the there, half. I mean, there Damn. you go. Here comes the revenge now. No. Oh, oh for one from three. Only took one three? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Wow. It, must be that, uh, it must be that hamstring. Rangers up 3-0 on the Diamondbacks in the top of the second. Again, it's over. Texas is winning the World Series. The dream is dead. The Diamondbacks are dead. Whatever. It is what it is. Uh, you want to go through your your uh, your power rankings real quick? Just read Yeah, absolutely. Just run so through. I'm going to roll with uh, Philadelphia. I'm going to go with the Eagles number one this week. I was not a hate the Eagles. I just thought there, there might be a little bit of a Super Bowl. They had to replace some veterans, obviously. And uh, right now, looking good, though, guys. So I pretty good about the Philadelphia Eagles moving on. They're the healthiest team right now in the mm -hmm. NFC. I'm going to go with the Chiefs number two. I know that's a disappointing loss to the Broncos. Really quick on the Broncos. Russell Wilson, 16 touchdown passes, picks. He looks pretty good this season, guys. Um, no more Russell, at least. Ravens number three right now, DVOA-wise, guys, as Corey Seager hits a wow. two-run Is that his sixth of the postseason, does that yes, say? He's been is. on a tear. Five-nothing I'm going to go Ravens number three. Both sides of the ball look really good right now. Run that offense with Todd Monk and Colin plays look good, and they're only getting better every I know the stats weren't great for Lamar compared to the last two weeks last week, but they're finding ways 
Texans, and that's what I like to see with Baltimore, and I like to see them stay healthy, and that's what they're doing right now. Cowboys at number four. Um, Cowboys just need to win a big game for me to feel a little bit better. Last time, I can't get the taste of the San Francisco game out of my mouth, but that defense is the real deal. I like Quinn. I like Dak more than most, and uh, I'm a McCarthy guy, so I, I a little bit. San Francisco, I got to drop them a little bit to number five. I had them number one a couple weeks ago just because they're going to need Trent Williams healthy. They're going to need Debo Samuel healthy. They're going to need Christian healthy. They get a little a little bit better on defense with Chase Young coming over, though, obviously. Uh, Bills number six, same thing. I'm only worried about the injuries and the pass rush if they can't stay healthy. Right now, they're getting pressure on the quarterback, but we saw this the second half of the season last year after they lost Von Miller. Von Miller hasn't really looked like Von Miller, but the Bills do get a little bit better with Rasul coming over from Green Bay into the secondary. So I like the Bills. I like the Bengals at seven. Um, you know, don't want to get too high on the Bengals, but that was a big win against San Francisco. I know that they're a little bit beat up, but we saw what we wanted to see from Joe Brown a little bit better, and the defense looks better for Cincinnati. Lions at number eight. Maybe this is a bit disrespectful, um, but I need to see them again, like when they step up in class defense perform uh, just because of what Baltimore did against them a couple weeks ago I also want to see win a road game when there's windy conditions wet conditions not in a dome but that defense right now looks much better than it did last year Dolphins at number nine this could be the scariest team on this list that could easily move up I mean Tua looks like an MVP um, despite what social media tells you he could hit the deep ball Tyreek Hill's playing like an MVP he could run the ball they're number one in efficiency and they could still hit you with the deep stuff Jalen Ramsey looked really damn good, and he had an awesome hype video, so shout out to him. <laughs> and I'm going to go with the Jags. The Jags could stop the run. Man, they would have taken Aiden Hutchinson. They might be the scariest team. I know it's only one guy, mm-hmm. but I just don't think Walker's that guy. Offensively, they're one of the scariest teams in the league. They um, are. I love Trevor Lawrence. Love ETN. ETN is so damn good, man. That's the thing that Urban Meyer got right, because that was his idea to draft Travis e- or uh, yeah, Travis ETN. I almost go Trevor his brother. But um, yeah, love uh, love the Jags. I'll have them top 10 this week. Yeah, they're going to be in mine too. Our top three is the same. I got the Eagles. already went through that. Chiefs at number two. I do want to add this on the Chiefs real quick though. The defense is legit with them. They're fifth in total defense. They're fifth against the pass. They just got to get better. Get better against the rush. Yeah. That's one of the big things for them. But they've had it, defensive issues in the past. Now you're starting to come together for them. And I'm not worried about Mahomes. It was one bad game. He had the flu. They'll be okay. Ravens in at number I may even move them up next week. I love this team. I bet them to win the Super Bowl before the season started. Bet them to win the division. They demolished the Lions. I don't like how close it was against the Cardinals, but the Cardinals season have been doing this. Like They just have these random games where they just play with house and they're like, okay, we have nothing to worry about here at this point. Lamar's got the third best completion percentage in the NFL. He's completing 70% of his passes. He leads the NFL in rushing in terms of quarterbacks, so you're seeing that. Lamar's playing great football. You have Adam there's some question marks with some of the receivers. Odell Beckham Jr. can't stay healthy. I get it. But I, I just put the Ravens and put together once again. I'm way higher on the Jaguars than you. There's two. I've got them in at number four right now. The right. longest win streak in the NFL. For me, some of this all is about where a team is and how they're playing at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I've got to take a team with the longest win streak in the NFL and have them in the top five. Travis Etienne, like you mentioned, is a touchdown machine. We're disappointed that he only had one touchdown this past week. You expect to get more from him at this point, but Trevor Lawrence keeps getting. It's a big thing that stood out to me on Sunday. Trevor Lawrence went nine of nine for 104 yards on thrown over the weekend. They're great against the run, at least defensively. Defensively, overall, there are still some issues there. But I mean, Trevor Lawrence, great in yeah. third down, great in these 
situations, and they're also at least still stopping the run, which is a start. But they've got, oh my God, they're showing Yama's Slender Man. It is scary. That is, that is, I don't know what I would do saw that in person. Ugh. Okay, I'm just going to bleach my brain. The Jags do have to fix that pass defense a little bit because you just worry about they the do. AFC teams. Like, you're going to see Mahomes. Um, I mean, last year you saw the charge, obviously, but you took the football away in that game, and you're going to have to probably do that. That's what they're going to have to rely on after the yeah. quarterback and taking away the football because that's the only thing that scares me, man, is if they spend a bit more money on that secondary, mm-hmm. maybe next year might be their year. Dolphins in at number five for me, too, and now closing the gap. MVP odds. I mean, listen, big test against the Chiefs this weekend in, in Germany there. I Knox will be a distraction, maybe, maybe not, but that's something to at least keep an eye on. Run a little bit without um, HN, though. They're going to need to be able to establish the run again a little bit more, but look, I mean, only 78, 26 carries on Sunday. A little worried about the health of their offensive line. We know the talent that's there. We know the offense that they have. Bengals come in at They've won three straight. They started one and three. Told you guys, I'm not going to worry because here's why. They start off horribly every single year. I don't know what it is, but this team gets comfortable low start. Joe Burrow completed 87% of his passes against the Niners. You go when you win that game, and you, you have to put yourself in a position here where you just say, you know what, it's it's uh, it's it's an absolute disaster. I got the Bills in at number seven here. Uh, you know what I realized here? Put this out here very clear right now. I took the 49ers out of the top ten, and I just want to be got a few minutes with Trista. Yeah, The 49ers have injury issues, and they look absolutely atrocious losing three straight. If I'm going to punish the Bills, Man. I'm going to punish the 49ers. So the Bills five and three for me. They, they went over the Dolphins was a statement, but then, of course, Josh Allen still looks like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Cowboys are in an eight. They're five and two. The Bills, roller coaster. Cowboys, roller coaster. They're great but we, we still need to see what they can do when they're trying to come back in a game. The Lions are in at nine. They're six and two. The offense has just so many and they just add Donovan Peoples-Jones today at wide receiver. Seahawks in at 10. I mean, they've won five of six. Gene progressing a little bit, but we've seen a ton of interceptions from him. Turn the ball once the first four games. He's thrown five interceptions over the past three weeks. 49ers are in at 11 for me. I love them, and they're letting me down. They're out of the top 10 this week, Trent. I'm wow. done with them right now. Taking them out. That's incredible. Okay. Well, number one is a little bit different. I think we all have the same top three, just a little bit different in terms of how we put them together. I think I'm going to just number one. Um, I'm sorry to say it, but Ryan said it, dude. This is mm-hmm. the best 6-2 and two NFL team of all time. Like yeah. that, they are Seriously. so good that even if you remove their win over the Lions, best DVOA total in the league overall. Like, And yeah. on top of that, they were one second-round pick away from getting Josh Jacobs, which would have been absolute madness for the league. The offense is clicking. We now see what Todd Munkin has in store. Lamar. Yes, like they didn't look great against the Cardinals, but Cardinals, you kind of take your foot off the gas. When they play good teams, they've been really good. Their defense is, uh, is and I think they're only going to get better. I think this is the scariest NFL team uh, in, in the league. I do now, too. Yeah, the, the NFL for me is the Chiefs. I just don't put a lot of stock in the flu game. Like, yeah. you lose to the Broncos. We knew. Rival. You go to Denver. No Taylor, uh, Taylor Swift. That was a very <laughs> obvious letdown spot. Nobody's thinking about that game. This is what happened last time they played Denver last year. Uh, Denver ended up almost beating them, and it was a close game the whole time. So uh, defensively, the Chiefs are insane. This is one of the best Chiefs defenses that Pat mm-hmm. Mahomes has ever seen. They're top five, like you said, rush defense. But their secondary has been incredible. Number three, put the Eagles there. Uh, they survived another one-score game. Commanders, they're 4-1 and one in one-score games. I think that's really good for them. Defensively, they add talent. Uh, 
can give up a bunch of points. They can go down early. You either really good for them because they can survive that or not so great because when they play an elite team, it's going to be tough for them. Number four, I'm just very high on the Lions, guys. Just very, very high. Bounce back win for them. You could say, well, when they play really good teams, how do they look? Are they feasting on an easy schedule? And that Ravens game, stinging in the taste, you know, getting giving you a bad taste in the mouth. But Jameer Gibbs is a star. Without Montgomery, I think they're actually better. St. Brown continues to produce no matter what. They add Donovan Peoples-Jones. The amount of weapons that they have is hard with the Dolphins, and defensively, they're much better. Number five, look out. Bengals are back. I asked Ryan why he's, uh, you know, holding them back, why he's going to put them lower in, in his top ten, and I don't think there's any good reason except for the fact that it's so slow. Yeah. Defensively, they look really good, but offensively, they're the same old Bengals. They're that same old Super Bowl contending team now that Joe Burrow is healthy. Over the Niners, I put that win over mm-hmm. the Niners uh, as like maybe one of the best wins for any NFL team besides maybe the Ravens over the Lions. Uh, so I've got right after Trent Williams has got to get healthy, guys. Debo has got to yep. get healthy. But you add Chase Young to this when they are when it's time for these games to matter. The yep. number seven, the Bills, they get better with Rasul Douglas. They're just kind of like a, a team. I'm I'm feeling still a little sketchy on right defensively. Are they going to be quarterback I don't know is this running game gonna be something that they rely on Josh Allen for are they gonna be on I don't know Stefan Diggs he's kind of the number one guy what us are we gonna see on a week-to-week basis how much Dalton Kincaid are we gonna get the offense is not consistent in how they play great I put the Dolphins in because the only time they play really well is when they play against cupcake teams they play two teams that are really good and yeah. they lose to them both same situation could be said Nine the Cowboys, yeah, you beat the Rams, but that's because Matthew's injured. Let's be honest, the Cowboys are a front-running team, and the Jags, number 10, front-runners. And the Jags, <laughs> hanging around the bottom of the power rankings, but I want to put them higher. I need to see more. I freaking love this team. Still number four overall DVOA, despite being bad in the middle of the field. Beat the Bills this week. They leave one. Yes. Yes. Because they've owned them. I just need to see a game. Because I'm, I'm kind of thinking about it. Yeah, they eventually got a busy guy. I think they might actually get some pressure on Burrow this time. Fingers crossed. I don't know though. I like, I like, see, I like Cincinnati. Like, I'm a fan of them. Yeah. They're my AFC. They're my Riding, riding on a streak right now, the wave of just good football. Where it's hard for me to bet against. Dan Bassini on the changes in the NBA futures market after the hard trade. Morning coming up next. Tristan, Nick, and Ryan are taking a break to catch. Don't go anywhere. There's plenty more on BetMGM.